there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision. Myocarditis, pericarditis, official FDA warnings. Uh, we are at um, astronomical numbers of uh, hospitalizations, ER visits, uh, etc. We're at, shockingly, 26,000 Americans now permanently disabled after the vaccines that the CDC is telling us. Permanently disabled. Now, who answers for that? That's more than a war. That's more than the Iraq war. These are permanently disabled Americans. So death and disability, it's clear, are coming after these vaccines. And they're strongly temporarily related. I mean temporarily related. It's like a shotgun. It's like a shotgun. We have two separate analyses, one by Rose, one by McLaughlin, independent analyses, U.S. fares data. 50% of these deaths occur within 48 hours. 50%, 80% within a week. It's a, no wonder people are protesting. No wonder you have to take a vaccine. People are saying, wait a minute, I, I see this. I'm on the internet. I could die. Employees are saying, I don't want to take the vaccine because I could die. It's not that I'm anti-vax. It's just, I don't want to die. Isn't that okay that I don't want to die? And no wonder there's tension. I mean, come on, think about it. We have 20 million kids who go off to college every year. They take the meningococcal vaccine. You haven't seen any protests over the meningococcal vaccine. I'm a doctor. I take hepatitis B and influenza vaccine. Have you seen people protesting over the hepatitis B vaccine outside hospitals? No. I mean, are there COVID vaccine uh, 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 protests? Of course, because people know that this is an unbelievable shotgun risk. McLaughlin, Queen's University in London, analyzed the data. 86% of the deaths with separate independent adjudicators. It has no other explanation. It was the vaccine. And on two occasions now, our CDC has said, three occasions now, I believe it's March, June, and September, our CDC, in no announcement on their website, has said CDC and FDA doctors have reviewed all the deaths and none are related to the vaccine. None. Including the ones that happen in the vaccine center and they're doing CPR right there. Nope, not related to the vaccine. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, January 7th, 2021. Thank you for joining me today. A very focused show today discussing the latest report coming from the UK Health Security Agency, aligning that with information of the same regard from Ontario, aligning that with the same sort of information coming from Public Health of Scotland, aligning that with the same information coming from Israel, and all the different locations locations that are actually giving you the breakdown, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, and what that can show you. Now, we're going to have a grouping of information on either side of this that we're going to show you, you know, bolstering these points, but that's the bulk of the show today. That's what we're going to be focusing on that information and how it's continually showing you what they don't want you to see. And it just keeps getting dismissed. Some very interesting metrics have stood out to me in there, but the bottom line is the average in general, the UK taken as a whole and the Scotland specifically taken as a whole, the average is about 80% of the deaths, 80% of the deaths that you're seeing in the timeframes we're discussing today are in 
the the people who have been vaccinated and just removing the one booster, which is the only caveat to that claim of fully vaxxed versus vaxxed, not on on this side of it, not the booster side of it. It's it only brings it down so many percent. So whether you want to say 80 or 75 fully vaxxed or 80 vaxxed, the point is that the majority of the people dying are fully vaccinated and the majority of the deaths in general are people who are vaxxed. It's alarming. Now, that is not even discussing the cases per 100,000, the percentage, which is what they try to make the case. They will know that's they're misleading you because the actual case per 100,000 is much higher and so on. Well, that's a valid point if that was true. And I'll show you, at least in Scotland, it's not. But the reality still shows you that people that are dying, people that are being hospitalized, people, the cases in general are all predominantly on the side of the vaccinated. And there is no way that that narrative makes sense with what they're saying. It's as simple as that. And then you add on all the stuff you're hearing people like Dr. Peter McCullough and everybody else telling you all the information, the peer reviewed science they're doing in real time that shows you this stuff. It becomes pretty impossible to not at least ask yourself whether there's something going on here. Now, to start off, I want to go over a few important points, some of them unrelated to today's show, some of them, I mean, all of them are really generally related to all to what we're always trying to do on this show. And all of this relates back to the manipulations of the government and so on. This I found very relevant. We, I mean, I myself have already opened an account on Gitter, whatever this platform was. And to be quite honest, I, and by the way, I guess sort of a visual <laughs> earmuffs for those that might be looking at what this tweet says. Before you'll see what I mean for the podcast as I go over it, but I joined Getter when this came up because I was going to say uh, without even really looking into it, but what who owns it and so on and so on, because I don't see an issue with starting an account, especially for those of us that are posting this kind of content to get there. Now, the average person that's going to be out there just using these things to keep themselves informed, I would argue you stay away from the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Getters and everything else, the Rumbles included, go to the, 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 the independent platforms out there. But this is important to point out because I think, and I have from the moment I saw this, that Gator is not a, a platform that's really on your side. But nonetheless, as I always say, it's important for people like me to get our content on these platforms to get in front of the people who are lost. That's that's a nuance that's lost on a lot of people. They just pretend like we're just trying to be on these other platforms. But the reality is that our entire job, for what at least as I see it, is to reach the people that are lost as well as inform those that see the reality. But the primary objective is to reach those people. So if we just pretend we're giving up on them and going places where we're all high-fiving each other about what we already know, then we're not doing this for the right reasons, at least in my opinion. So that being said, I just because I, I wanted to get that out because I haven't actually discussed the getter discussion because a lot of people are being are concerned, feeling like we're being Pied Piper into some other platform. And if you feel that way, ask yourself why you're only willing to go into one platform and make that your primary platform. Go everywhere. Right. I argue again, you shouldn't support these kind, but put your platform, your content everywhere you possibly can. Anyway, now this is from Gitter. Somebody's pointing this out about what they just saw a censor post happening on Gitter already. And what I think is interesting is this guy, Reed, put this out as a free speech test. And he went through and said a bunch of, I mean, I doesn't even have to, I don't have to read it to be quite honest. It's like the first one says Trump is a retard and it says Ben Shapiro is something negative. And it goes on to say a bunch of negative words and comments and phrases that you know would be pushed back against, right? In, in, in the world we're in today, that we censor it for hate speech or so on. And that's what he did it for. Now, to be honest, I, in every possible way, feel that he has every possible right to say every single one of those things. Do I think some of those things are disgusting and, and distasteful? Absolutely. But the reality is that he's allowed to say that, and they're not a crime. So it's interesting we found ourselves in a world where Twitter gets to decide what is and is not allowable. But 
especially since they're tied with the government. The point is that got taken down by Gitter. And then it gets followed up by individuals following up. They, this You could follow up, on the, follow up on this for yourself, and it's pretty clear that this was censored. And here is the post that removed it. Now, you could argue that's okay to, if you feel that way because you don't agree with some of the things that he said there. Now, I'd also argue I don't even necessarily believe he thinks those things. He was just testing to see whether they would censor, and I think he they failed the test. Because we need to get to a reality where censorship is not something that's subjective by the platform. It needs to be either you do or you don't. Right. And this is a sensible platform. That's the reality. You know, for, for instance, something like Super U, for, as, as it is right this moment, is a platform that would not do that. Even though I can promise you that there are people in the background in, involved with this that would be very unhappy about comments like this in the platform. But based on the community guidelines and how it's been laid out and the promise that the team of Super U has made to everybody, these comments would not be deleted because they're not actually violations. Well, maybe. I could point out some of them might be. Anyway, the point is, at the end of the day, this is a platform that will be censoring you if you cross certain lines. That's why we should not be trusting any of them. Trust yourself. And anything out there that is willing to censor you and control what you're going to say should not be something that you're on, that you would support, that you agree with, that you think is going to save you from something else. Another platform, Getter, is going to save us from Twitter. It's, it's just a shell game. Now, I had a great interview with uh, Liberty Lockdown, Clint from Liberty Lockdown today. I believe he's going to put it up tomorrow. Really great guy. I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm glad we got to connect because I actually made a mistake the first time and missed the interview and I felt really terrible. So I'm really glad we connected. He's doing some good work over there. And I really think that the more we can connect across anything, I actually believe we're pretty much on the same page on most everything we discussed, but crossing every possible line, we can stop everything that's happening. I believe we already are. As he point, this is just a tweet I used to have you remember that. Here's what he said. Uh, this was on the third. This on the third. When you see this chart, this is Clint saying this. I want you to remember the countless suicides that happened needlessly, or the children who are now psychologically damaged, or the destruction of your savings and your way of life. None of it had to happen, and that's totally true. Punish those that did it to us at the ballot box or whatever. And I'm glad he said that because I think that's, I would both think we both agree the ballot box is a joke, but the, the point is these people should be held accountable. Even those that, you know, pretend you, you want to pretend DeSantis is on your side. Is he, shouldn't he still be held accountable for all the actions that were taken before that? Like the mask mandates and everything else that did happen to a degree? Yes, because they, they, they either didn't care that the data showed that that was wrong in the beginning and they only changed because of politics or however you want to look at it. All of them need to be held accountable. And, the, and the, for the podcast, the image he's showing is how the the world locks down to stop the spread started way back in 2020. And then ever since then, it's only continued to increase. Now, yes, this is cases and we know how subjective that is. But the reality is that the, even from within their lies, shouldn't we go, wait a minute, this stuff doesn't seem to be working. All they can do is go back unvaxxed is why without any science to make that even remotely accurate. In fact, we have mountains of science to show that that's not even remotely true, but who cares? Because all it does is give them something to point at and say, you're the reason that I didn't get what I wanted after doing what the government told me. That's what that comes down to. Now, some other smattering of points I want to get out in the beginning to really just kind of relate to the illusion. Here's another point. Remember when they were screaming that it wasn't gene therapy and we're all a bunch of liars and censoring the, despite the fact that again, to the same point, if you were even remotely intelligent, you could have gone back and looked into what they were saying before this started and realized, wow, they're all calling it gene therapy, the same product. It's funny how that just did change when they decided to not call it that anymore and call us all conspiracy theorists. Well, here is an, a, a, a Stefan 
uh, Ulrich from Bayer saying this as of uh, here. I, actually, this has been a little wonky today with my connection. I want to make sure I don't lose it if I open it. But this is you can look at the video and the links for yourself. This is very recent. This is as of uh, recently weeks. Gosh, darn it. I can't do that. I have to look at it. <laughs> I looked it up. I was watching the, just the other day. We can just watch it here, actually, so I don't have to load anything. So this was as of November 28, 2021. I didn't want to open the new tab just because I want to make sure nothing freezes on me. But since we did that, let's watch it right here. And he's discussing this this product, the mRNA injections as gene therapy right now. Uh, we're really taking that leap, uh, us as a company, buyer, uh, in cell and gene therapy, which to me is one of these examples where really we're going to make a difference, hopefully, uh, moving forward. There's some, uh, ultimately, the uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a uh, uh, gene th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. Oh, you know, that... Or you force it on everybody, you know, either way, <laughs> whatever makes your boat float, right? Who cares? Because ultimately, no, we didn't just all revolutionize the way we perceived health. They forced it on everybody. And then when no, when we actually didn't do that, they forced it even harder. But the reality is not that he gets to stand up there and pretend that we all understand now how important this stuff is. And if moments ago he would have asked us whether we wanted gene therapy, we all would have said absolutely not. All they did was manipulate, lie, hide that fact, and then create an entire illusion to force in why you needed that thing that wasn't most certainly gene therapy, even though it very clearly obviously is. This is Again, guys, this is how ridiculous this is. And it's amazing that this can – it's like, is, did he not get the memo? Or is he saying this to hurt the other company? I mean, who knows? At the end of the day, it's always been this obvious. And the people out there that are screaming at your as on Twitter or elsewhere, yelling at the people as fake news conspiracy theorists, and then allowing those that are meekly following them to do the same, they know this is a lie or they're really, really not very intelligent. I actually argue most of them are the ones that are aware these are not that they were always the truth and they were lying about it. And they're the ones pied pipering all the Twitterverse out there into getting a kick out of yelling at you as an unvaxxer, even though they're not right. It's, it's just, it's actually pretty entertaining in a weird macabre sort of way, but it's, it's crazy. Now here's Chris Martinson. We just had a great interview with him recently. I really recommend you check it out. He says, so I'm old. I'm so old. This is funny. He's making a joke about how, you know, yesterday's news is like a, like a decade ago. I'm so old. I remember when I got YouTube strike, I got a YouTube strike for covering this very issue was medical misinformation they said my guess is the fact checkers just can't abide anyone with an early or not yet approved idea of being out in front of the ministry of truth see it's funny how people like chris martinson are finding themselves in the exact category with maybe not even realizing it that we have always been in right that this is he's been that far ahead of the narrative in this regard that they're you know they're censoring the thing that ends up being true welcome to our world right and i'm saying i'm, I'm saying that to those that don't realize what people like dr uh, Chris Martinson and myself and others in the independent media are experiencing right now where where you can literally be verifiably right and still get censored and then still get pushed to the side. And then a week later, mainstream media and often independent quasi mainstream media come out with this huge door breaking news. And that's not because you're going, look, I want that credit. It's because they don't have the intention to actually lead you to where that is the logical conclusion of that information. 
right? They give you a piece of it, the limited hangout, and then drive you back into the narrative they want you manipulated by. What this is for the podcast is don't freak out if a COVID vaccine slightly changes your period cycle. Yeah, that's as of January 7th. Now, yes, I'm frustrated that there was not a link included, but again, not everybody. I, I think we should all be doing that. Everybody. If you're going to post a picture, post a link. I think that's super important because people need to be able to research and check these things for themselves. The, the people who want to call him an anti-vaxxer will look at this and be like, oh, it's probably fake or whatever, and not take the time to look at it, even though if it was there, they might not either. But remember when the idea of the vaccine changing your period or even anything remotely like that was crazy conspiracy theory? It's ne- it's always been obvious. The data has been there all the way back to Pfizer's first st- information, st- the study that came out, the very first information grouping. We talked about it. We talked about the ten- almost 10% reduction in fertility that they just dismissed because it was under a certain percentage at under 25 is not reportable, apparently, which blows my mind. But here we are. This has been clear from the beginning. As Justin Hart points out, this week we've learned, and this is sort of funny, cloth masks don't work. Hospitalized with versus from COVID is a thing. Vaccinations don't stop a pandemic and school closures are bad, bad, bad. Of course, we've all been saying this. We've been saying all of this for a long time and we're called nutty for doing so. It's funny, you know, it, we were almost getting attacked for continually pointing this out when it was starting and now everybody's doing the same thing. That's a, I'm glad about that. We all need to stand up and never stop pointing at how ridiculously obvious it is the people that were dismissed and consensored and acted like they were and act pointed at like they were crazy have been correct in an outstandingly obvious way. And that's not everybody. There's been a lot of crazy theories that we should have all likewise considered because that's intelligent. But the people that were doing this the sound way with research and the scientific method have been outstandingly right over and over and over. And they know that too. They just don't want to admit that. Here is a, a on talk radio, which has been doing a reasonably good job on this from the beginning. A couple of things that I I scare me when they get into the passport conversation or things like that because it seems like they're accepting it. But it says, "quote There is no evidence to support mask wearing for anyone, let alone kids in school." And I like this quote, this statement, what she says here because this is the reality, guys. We are literal. They are using children as a buffer. I mean, there's no data to back up anything, whether we're talking about vaccinations or any of it. They're literally using children as a barrier to protect themselves, acting like they're doing it for the children. I mean, this is as sinister as it gets in my mind, or rather maybe just as cowardly as it gets. I see. Gosh, darn it. I'm so mad at myself lately. I, I promise that I definitely downloaded that. I'm probably wrong. Let me grab it really quickly because this I think this is a pretty low clip. But the point of this in general, as I ad lib as we download this, is that it's all shifting right in front of us in such an obvious way. I mean, now, do you realize how funny it is that it went from, it's going to start playing here, and that it went from absolutely ridiculous, like beyond, like you're just the stupidest thing possible, to now like this smug kind of like, well, obviously cloth masks don't work. It's like, it's just ridiculous. Like, how could it possibly be like, though, it's just, isn't that so obvious? It's just common sense that cloth masks don't work, guys. Those are the same people that were yelling us down saying we were stupid for saying they didn't work moments ago. I just don't even understand that. I feel like these people must know, and they're just too afraid to admit that they were wrong. Sort of like this whole Scott Adams meltdown we've all making fun of lately because he's like, no, I was wrong, but I'm still right because you guys couldn't have known. It's like, yeah, we really did, though, bud, because we used research and peer-reviewed science that you were pretending wasn't there, but whatever. So here's the cloth mass point. 
seems to me that we're using our children as political footballs, nothing else. There is no evidence to support mask wearing for anyone, let alone kids in school, to say it makes any meaningful difference. For anyone, let alone kids. That's the truth, right? They're not saying that. That's still taboo right now. All of them for everybody do not have a statistically significant effect. We just went over that again, including N95s. That's all that's that's include that's the CDC's massive meta-analysis in May 2020 that still sound that's still better than all the observational garbage they keep dumping on you. It shows you that. So it's just amazing that we keep pretending this, but they're just slowly trying to move this back. So and 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 they're whole bit remember the point we just made in the last show about masks? They're literally pretending that Omicron changes everything. That the only reason masks don't work now is just because Omicron. Acting like they still work against Delta, but not really saying that, clearly that's not true. The data's always been there, and they're just grudgingly, I guess, sort of admitting that part of it doesn't work. God, think about how pathetic that is transmission. There's no evidence that our kids are these little super hot pots, these little super hot pots of germs kids in school to say it makes any meaningful difference to transmission. There's no evidence that our kids are these little super hot pots of germs at school, killing people, you know, infecting teachers. There's just nothing. Most of these kids have now had covid and we'll be immune anyway exactly and all we've got is the teachers unions just kicking them around as footballs not caring about them at all and the damage that's been done because that's where there is evidence evidence from almost every country in the world that the damage that's been done to these kids by wearing masks is long term that it really yep. breaks my heart that you and i can go to work and not have to wear a mask and these kids are having to sit in freezing classrooms and wear masks for no good reason now do you know why i think that is guys i genuinely believe the whole reason that all of our schooling is set up the way it is and the this, this we've had many discussions about our prussian-based school system which is something you can easily look up that produces obedient workers that was the design that we still have our schooling system based around they're trying to influence the next generation that's how you make the biggest difference in the long run that's why you've seen such this you know i mean of course it gets framed a two-party paradigm i don't think that's what it really is but you can see the obvious liberal left influence on our entire schooling system you know and that there's a reason these things are happening because all of these things the whole woke mentality the transgender concept all of these different things have clearly led into what's happening next to the way that it's been used to suppress information all of it has been clearly aligned and you can see that so right now they're they're aiming all of this at this group they want these kids to see this as normal to have never understood a time when this wasn't how it was always happening and the newest youngest kids are going well of course we wear masks because aren't we all in danger from viruses all the time it's going to become normal if they do it long enough and then those kids will be the ones yelling at their parents to do what they're supposed to be doing and so on and so on until it becomes that way we've seen this with foreign policy and the sad reality is they are clearly unjustifiably aiming this at people while not even applying the same metric to people that are exponentially more risk, including the people like her and him and everybody. If you believe what they're saying, their narrative is we're all way at more risk than them. But maybe this foggy potential for long COVID or some asymptomatic thing that might happen, but that's enough. No, even if that was true, it's not enough. And that's the crazy part about it. And yet here we are. And it continues.
and it's going to damage them. I listened to a little girl today who has here. My last point, sorry, was not just the psychological, which is what she's referring to. Don't forget that these things cause actual physical sickness. And that's why the random control trial in 2015 very clearly said we do not recommend cloth masks at all because they increase your risk of infection. Let's throw at children the one thing in this case that can increase their risk of the very thing you're trying to stop them from getting. There's no way to misunderstand that. Then you add on everything else, the injections and the lockdowns and the lack of everything. Everything converges around getting them more sick. And you could argue that's just mal-incompetence. But you have to ask yourself, could it have been intentional? Hearing difficulties, saying she was now terrified of going back to school because of the masks. And she won't be alone. And it's just more and more harm with no evidence of any good. And I listened to Nadine this morning on Julia's show saying that he had some observational study that he's going to release in the next few days. But once again, they're actually implementing you know, policy without the evidence and saying that we can have it in a few days if we're lucky, if we're good. And I can tell you this, if I, my little one was 11 or over, she would not be wearing a mask, not now, not previously, not in the future, because I wouldn't allow this harm to be done to her. It's incredible. An observational study, right? Because that's the best evidence? No. As you know, that's the lowest level of evidence. On this, on their scale of one to five, it's the lowest level being observational, expert opinion. These things are in their their evidence, but they're the lowest level of evidence. Random controlled trials is the number one gold standard. And all they keep doing is pumping out this garbage, this absolutely attack, even from people in the mainstream, such as the study around natural immunity that is just a flagrant dumpster fire of manipulation that they are calling out, like criminally calling out. These people are, I mean, it's incredible. And so now we're pointing at this and saying, oh, look at an observational study we're about to rush through, even though we have long-term, decade-long mask studies from before and during all of this that continue to show you that they don't have a statistically significant effect on transmission. And we have been consistent in telling you that from day one, the moment we started covering this. Do you know why? Because we simply did our due diligence. We looked at the data. We looked at the peer-reviewed science. We looked at the CDC meta-analysis, and we told you about it. Then everything started shifting. Fauci changes his statement. Then all of a sudden, oh, and it becomes all politics and narrative, and we rush things out in the middle of all this, even though the, nad- the data has never changed. This is why it's such an obvious illusion. It's incredible. But here is a- ABC. <laughs> Just as it's so embarrassing. How embarrassing. It says studies are emerging. Suddenly, right now, studies are just randomly emerging right now in the last so many days that show cloth masks are not effective in preventing COVID spread. That would have been censored. Like a week, like, I mean, realistically, let's just say about two months ago, that would have been censored easily on Twitter. But now because Lena Wen just says exactly what we've always been proving, or because Scott Gottlieb says exactly what we've always been proving, it just suddenly shifts because the narrative shifts. And there's a reason that's not by accident. As I said, great journalism, ABC. Did you finally get permission to be honest about this? Or are you guys just that bad at your jobs? Here's the only random controlled trial on cloth masks from 2015 that I've been discussing and being censored for from day one. Now, they do point to a Bangladesh study, which we've already talked about. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Back from November that we were censored for discussing back in November. They point to that study, which is not even exactly the best one. It's it's more so, I'll, we'll probably revisit a different show. But it's from November. Did they just trip over it and realize, oh, crap, we've been wrong this whole time? No, they've been told they were allowed to talk about it. There's no way you misunderstand that. 
And I linked to this random control trial, which you can read. You've all seen it a thousand times, which tells you they do not recommend them because it increases your risk of infection. Now, here is uh, Vinay Pr uh, Prasad, MD, saying only took a few months, but it appears everyone agrees with all of the conclusions in our paper that population-wide cloth masking had no credible evidence at any point in time. Now, of course, he, I think, thinks, and maybe he's right, that his study was the reason that they shifted the narrative. I don't think that's what happened. There's been, like I said, plenty of other studies, but this was another good one that we also talked about. But just realize what he's telling you, that he sees it, he saw it at no point in time. Never was there any credible evidence that cloth masks, or I would add any of them for that matter, have a statistically significant effect on transmission. But if you can stand here now and realize that they're shifting that now with cloth, even though there's been no evolution of information, this has been there, that other one's been there, we've been pointing at it, they were censoring it then, in the face of this evidence. Realize that they has it's nothing to do with evidence, facts, provable data, it's narrative. Vinay might not realize that just yet because he, oh, look, it worked and it's getting through. But this is stuff that was already censored, not just by me, but plenty of other people or for, well, not just me talking about it, but plenty of other people talking about it a while ago. Now, one last point I want to add about the beginning of Omicron in general. I don't want us to forget about this. And this is something that I really dove into in the beginning of this conversation. And I haven't done any extensive background on this since then and i need to do that there's just so much going on all the time but please anybody out there that wants to dive in and send this back let me know what you find as uh yuga piper that's an interesting name <laughs> maybe like eugenics mixed mixed with uh, what is that Egypt papyrus? I don't know. But so his name, he says, so is there any more news on the national origins of the uh, travel history of the world's first four known Omicron infections? Do you remember where that was, guys? I'm sure you do. We discussed it right when it came out, the day this was discussed. And I believe we're one of the first ones to actually point at this in regard to the fact that it was specifically visiting diplomats. And then we pointed at the timing and the correlation with U.S. and other places, but and it's obviously tied, but it says... Uh, or basically anybody, he wants to know if anybody's followed up on this in regard to Botswana and where they came from and so on. This, this person just tagged me. Thank you so much for doing that. But think about that. Let's not forget this, the beginning of this huge shift, even though it starts with something that they, we immediately pointed out was not more dangerous. And they use the hype about whether it could be to drive everything. And now they're backpedaling at all, even though keeping the whole thing going, which makes no sense. They confirmed that the samples had come from four na foreign nationals visiting diplomats who tested positive on November 11th in Botswana for visiting nationals, which means they have diplomatic immunity, which means they could bring anything in and out however they see fit. So why aren't we wondering and asking whether or not that's what kicked all of this off? Is Omicron simply some next push? Of course, the people that want to name everything conspiracy theory that they're afraid of will go, oh, that's crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist right up until it gets verified tomorrow or however that goes. But I'm being facetious. The point is we should ask that question, and I will. We should all be following up on how that how how is it not important that foreign nationals were the very four people that started this new push? It's incredible. Now, one uh, one thing I wanted to include in the beginning here, we just talked about this in regard to the long-haul COVID discussion, which very few people have talked about. This is a peer-reviewed study on JAMA Network, November 8, 2021. The, the gist of it, I've already discussed it at length, I'll include it, is that it, every single person that they're finding who is telling you that you, I've got long haul COVID and it's all this crazy stuff. There are people that cannot prove that they had COVID. 
Now that's, that's understand that I'm not suggesting we can, I believe the PCR test and so on. There's a lot of caveats there. And within their narrative, the idea is that they're giving people PCR tests or specifically not even PCR tests. They're actually proving it in the lab. And they're saying, according to them, they're saying that these people have COVID-19 and those people are only people that say that they have issues with smelling and tasting. Every other person in their study that's saying, I've got this and I've got this, I can't see straight, my leg hurts and all this long haul crazy stuff. They're people that do not, cannot verify they had COVID. The point is, long haul COVID seems to be psychosomatic. Exactly like we were saying from the beginning. The only thing they can tie to people that they prove or claim had COVID is not having taste or smell. That's it. Nobody wants to talk about this. Of course, the media doesn't talk about it because long haul and the hypothetical possibility of it is one of their focal points, the linchpins of justifying their next thing. Well, we don't know. It could go on forever. Well, the key part is you don't know. So it might not also, it might not even exist, but we don't care about that. But here's the point. If somebody shared this with me a while back, and I forgot it, I've had it on the back burner for a while. This is from February 21st, 1988. And there's a lot more discussion around this. I just like that it's from a while ago, Los Angeles Times. Sense of smell can be the victim of bout with the flu. We all know this, though. I've been saying this from the beginning. One of the most common things we remember from the flu, you know, you, you stuff up and you can't. We all, you all know that when your olfactory sense, your nose, your sense of smell stops working, your taste usually does as well. They're interconnected. So when I first heard that, oh, you're losing your taste and smell. And yes, I have heard some extreme versions of it where you just, it just went on long period of time and you could barely smell anything. but that has been a very common thing with severe cases of the flu. And in this case, it's showing you they could go on for a while after the fact. So I just think it's interesting to note that these things aren't as weird and isolated as they're being told or we're being told they are. It's very possible that a lot of this simply was the flu. Now, as Chicken Tender points out, how come? And this is the person I wanted to reference the other day and I couldn't find the tweet. So I wanted to include them today. And it's exactly the right point to make here. How come if an unvaccinated person gets COVID or whatever we're calling this with mild symptoms, it's because Omicron's a mild strain. But if a vaccinated person gets COVID with mild symptoms, it's because their vaccine worked. <laughs> it's just one of the many subjective ways to look at anything under the right lens, just right in the light to make it look the way they want it to. Sort of as we get into the main point of today, which is the UK data, there's all these big sections in there that go, make sure here's how you should interpret this, <laughs> right? Make sure you hold it and squint just right. Otherwise, you're not understanding it. <laughs> well, how about you let me decide what we think that data should be let us decide for ourselves. That's the last thing they want. But Ivor Cummings points out, and this is that same point, quote, this mild Omicron should not be called mild. Corporate owned think tanks say, here's BBC News, deadly Omicron should not be called mild, warns the WHO. <laughs> okay. Is it mild? Yes. Has it been verified such all over the world? Yes. Has hospitalizations and deaths and every other metric other than cases in specific areas with high PCR testing shown to be absolutely bottoming out? Yes. So is it mild? 100% based on everything we can look at. But to see, but they don't want you to call it that. Why? Well, exactly the point I just made. Well, because ooh, it might not be mild. You could have long haul and it could start something new and we might even understand what's happening. So we don't know. Exactly. It's all breathless, hypothetical, fear-mongering based on things we don't know. So it could be even more mild. So the threat of the unknown is why we shouldn't call it mild? Well, that only serves people that want to keep it open and it could be deadly. The data shows you it's mild. Why wouldn't we call it mild? Because they think that's going to stop you from protecting yourself, stop you from getting an injection they want you to take. They think it's going to stop you from going along with their narrative. That's my opinion. But it also creates the narrative where... 
people who are on the hook for these injections, people that have had two that are resisting the third one right now, that go, well, I don't want a third one, that are just about to be called anti-vaxxers, just about to be called not vaccinated, even though they went along with the up until now, they're worried about losing those people because they're just about to make the next one mandatory, even though they're not saying that it's happening everywhere around the world. It's going to happen. Mark my words. So they're creating the narrative here to be like, well, it's actually pretty scary, even though it's not, but we want you to think it is. So hopefully driving those people into getting the third one. That's my opinion. Either way, God forbid we should realize this thing is maybe not even really there or completely not dangerous. And I mean specifically Omicron, but I also pretty much mean all the rest of it too. We should be able to ask those questions. As Zuby points out, 100% agree. If you ever doubt your intelligence, remember that millions of people lived through the past two years and concluded the government should have more power over their lives. <laughs> what a perfectly stated, it's the, I, I, that should be tattooed on their foreheads. I mean, gosh, that's crazy. It's all just because they trust what they're saying is happening. I haven't read this, by the way, but let's see. He's laughing. It says, don't think it's the intelligence thing. I do see a lot of intelligent people buying into it. And I would actually agree with that. But there's different kinds of intelligence, right? There's book smart and there's, there's, I guess you can call it street smart, the different ways to look at it. It's very tr uh, tribal, but ultimately I go back. I do go back to Jonathan uh, Hades' book, Coddling of the American Mind, the thing this thing, this preference for safety at all costs, that's the crux, the root. It's a good point. It says, it's if that's the one conclusion that I'm forced to question their intelligence in general. Yeah, and I agree with that. Right? <laughs> exactly. But to bring this over to the next section before we jump into the data is the mandatory injections. Before we show you the very clear, unquestionable data that shows you that this thing is not safe for you to take, or at the very least, does not do what they say it does, and the narrative is not even remotely on track with what they're telling you, they're rolling out mandatory injections all around the world. Australia, Italy, Canada, all over the world. Austria. And we're going to pretend like it's not going to happen here? Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not psychic. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we have had an effect enough to where we are going to stop that, at least right now. But it's incredible to pretend like it's a conspiracy theory that it might happen here while they're literally doing it all around the world and while your government are openly talking about how that could be the right thing to do. It's incredible. Here is Australia. Mandatory injections for all workers and $5,000 fine for being unvaccinated, for simply existing as an unvaccinated individual, which, by the way, will continue to compound until you're put in jail anyway. Also, and we already talked about that, the unvaccinated are not allowed to leave home to work or even exercise. You'll basically starve to death if you don't get your injection. And this is not a hyperbol hyperbolic statement, guys. We'll get to that in the end. There's real world examples. I mean, I, might, I could just show it really quickly and revisit it at the end. Real world examples. Is that one? Yep. Of this happening right now. This is McDonald's. I forget where this was. You can see it's in an Asian nation, but check this out. All right. We are at McDonald's in the big fashion mall. And here's what happens. When you want to place your order on this screen over here, the way it works is like this. You click English. And now it says, in order to proceed with the order, you must confirm that you have a valid green certificate. Look at that. In order to proceed with the order, you must confirm that you have a valid green certificate. Green, don't forget, right? So this is all over the world. Don't forget, this isn't just Israel. There's Most of these places are using green. Why in the world would they all use the same term and then pretend like they all came to that conclusion independently? We didn't use Build Back Better. We just thought it up ourselves, Biden says. 
This is how stupid they think you are. And the problem is that so many of these people who know this and just to pretend they don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. So they pretend it's not, there's no connection there. We're just going to take Biden as word, even though that's a childish thing to do. This is stopping you from, oh, somebody's telling me it's Israel. Are you sure? Did I, I, I could have swore that was, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You guys are right. My mistake. Thank you for correcting that. Uh, I could have swore I caught something that looked Asian to me in there, but you're right. My mistake. So I'm glad you said that, actually, because this is actually more important in regard to the leading of the charge, right? This is where it's going. Israel has been doing that from the very beginning. Well, let's finish the clip. Screen over here. The way it works is like this. You click English. And now it says, in order to proceed with the order, you must confirm you have a valid green certificate. And yes, this is only McDonald's, but you can see where this goes. At what point will you not be able to go to the store or even buy or order food until you do what you're told? So let's say you don't have one. You click don't have. Look at that. It blanks out the screen. So basically, if you don't have a green pass, they will not give you food at McDonald's and Beit Shemesh. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, well, just to be just in case, I don't. I mean, it definitely looks like Israeli writing, but I could be wrong. So you guys can suss that out in the chat. It's the same point either way, right? Why even ask if you have it? Like, it basically says, "Do you do you do you have it or do you not?" And if you know, it just blanks the screen out for those on the podcast. It just goes back to the home screen. Right? There's not even like, well, what about natural immunity? What about the fact that I forgot it, or what about the fact that I I'm in between doses or I got my first one? It doesn't even matter. It's just you are shut out if you do not do what you're told. And don't forget that they just told you that the idea of fully vaccinated is already going to be shifting. They they first told you it was going to be replaced by up to date. Then they edited that in real time and pretended they were just going to consider both. They are at replacing you with up to date. Up to date is going to be whatever they say it is. That was the United States. That's Fauci. But in Israel, they're already telling you third shot's mandatory. Fourth one's already being given for certain people, which will eventually be the same. Ontario's already given the fourth shot. It's all happening in front of you. This is crazy. And they're going to stop you from being able to take care of yourself, to get food, to do. You can't even leave your home. This is us back to Australia. Not allowed to leave home to work or even exercise. Let's play the clip. I believe I have that one. And don't, for, don't think for one second that this isn't coming to a location near you. We've made three further decisions to control community transmission in the Territory. There will be a Territory-wide lockout from 1pm today until noon Monday. From noon Monday, we will commence a vaccine pass system in the Territory. Also, only residents and essential workers may enter excluded communities in the Northern Territory, and they must have a negative rat on the day of entry. Excluded territories. I mean, think about what he's saying. Like, you basically just turned their area into a concentration camp, right? I mean, it's the same difference. At the very least, at least, I mean, at least that's a sound. They get to remain in their own areas, but this is crazy. This this is next again. If you, if you had laid this out and said this is what would happen when this all first started, people would have laughed in hysterically the same people that pretended like vaccine passports wouldn't happen or that they wouldn't lock down more than 15 days or that they wouldn't force you to wear a mask or any of the other things they laughed about that then literally happened exactly like we said they would this is crazy this is absolute lunacy 
under a guy being driven under fear. I will now go through each of these decisions. First, the lockout. The fully vaccinated can continue as they were. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. Okay, so that now again means that you are in it, and they're already applying this in other ways too, where the felt the fully, I'll wait till I get to that. I have a tweet up there, but he's telling you that even the, you know, not fully. So you can have two shots right now, two shots, and you still have to do it. You have to stay home, even though you thought you were going to go back to your life. They promised you that. Now you're on the hook for the next one. And then the next one, and then, and as many times as that goes forward, and they're telling you it's going to be routine. They're all telling you that now it's going to be some of them saying six, once every six months, some of them saying three, it's clearly happening though. You are at greater risk of catching COVID becoming ill and needing hospital care. That's not true. He's lying to you blatantly. We'll show you the data. He's pretending you have a much higher risk of everything. Let's just first take the cases. I mean, everywhere in the world, you can see that's not true. It is exponentially more. I mean, we're talking up in the 90%. Most of these locations are in the fully vaccinated, just just Omicron. Then you look at the hospitalizations and deaths and everywhere else we're going to point to after this. And that's just not true. He is just straight up lying. But that's the whole pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's just a narrative. They're never going to stop. Biden keeps saying it. Nothing backs that up. You may only leave home for three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. For or, you know, having a heart attack from the vaccination. You know, that'll, sure, that will count essential too. Essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications. Up until they put those blocks in your way and then you have to prove you're vaccinated to be able to go into the store. Or how about the fact that any of these stores independently are already mandating that you are making sure you have to show it to get in, right? Maybe they'll let you go to the store, but that store is probably going to make you prove that. What if you don't have it? Right. This is they're creating a situation where you will not be able to literally survive. Talk about direct threats of violence. Right. They're pretending like you're not doing something as a threat of violence. This isn't a passive threat of violence. We're going to create a situation where you literally cannot feed yourself unless you do what you're told. And that's integrity. That's doing the right thing. That's what they're telling people to provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. You cannot travel more than 30 kilometers from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons wow. or the nearest practical destination. If you need to go to the hospital and it's more than 30 kilometers from your home, that's okay. The only three reasons, there, sorry, there are only three reasons to leave the home now, not five. Work Jeez. is not a reason to leave the home for the unvaccinated. The chief health officer has also determined. And I don't even know why there'd be any difference. Like, I mean, whether, whether you want to believe the lie that this thing reduces your symptoms, it's very obvious that the actual transmission is X is at the very least the same. That's very clear. So if the whole point is stopping the spread, then this makes no sense at all to give vaccinated more leeway than anybody else. Higher viral load, the same ability to spread. And in fact, when you look at it even deeper, you can find that it's more likely as we're seeing in most of the locations around the world. The U.S. being one of them, four of the five highest transmission locations in this country are four of the five highest vaccinated locations. This is CDC data. I just went over this. So it's just irrational. Doesn't make any sense. That restriction of movement is critical right now, and that one hour of exercise for the next four days is not essential. 
Remember, these restrictions only apply. So it's all about health, and we're very clear. And now they're even admitting that being overweight is super important in regard to COVID, but we're going to make sure you can't do things that keep you healthy, right? Just wait till you get sick, like the lady said, and then go in and get treatment, which will just be an injection or ventilation or whatever else, instead of doing all the things we know, whether pre-COVID or not, because there's always been things we've talked about that help suppress, improve your immune system, suppress respiratory illness, but none of those things matter. Just go home, let us know when you get extra sick so we can add it to the list of why we're overwhelmed, even though that's actually not what's happening. Those who are not fully vaccinated. There has been plenty of time for people to get vaccinated. People who are not- Yeah, you see that little quick comment there? Because again, it was never a choice. You never get to say no. You've had plenty of time. You should have done it by now. Wait a minute, I thought it was a choice. I thought you were letting me choose. So the time's up. Oh, clearly that was a choice. Fully vaccinated present the greatest risk of spreading the virus and are the most at risk of becoming seriously ill if they get the virus. Yeah, you already said that. And that's why he's repeating it, because it's propaganda. You don't just said the exact same thing again. That's simply not true in every possible way. Every possible way. We'll go over it next. The fully vaccinated are free to continue to go about their lives as long as they comply with the territory wide mask mandate. Ah, okay, good. So even if it's go back to go back to normal, right? You're all complying and going through all this, dealing with all the issues that come along with those things. And then you still have to wear this mask that's going to increase your illness and it's going to add all sorts of problems to your life, systemic inflammation, potential bacterial pneumonia, on and on and on. All verifiable, easy, peer-reviewed science you can look up for yourself. But that makes sense because they wear a mask. The mask we're just now admitting also doesn't have effect on transmission. The mask that most people are wearing, which is a cloth mask, easy to look up. The vast majority of people are wearing cloth masks, but you're telling them to wear that mask. They just admit it doesn't do anything so it can stop the thing that it doesn't stop only in the vaccinated, which have the same threat of spreading. You guys, it's nonsensical. The mask mandate remains as is. Of course it does, because that's the way we keep you thinking this is a problem. Well, here is Italy breaking to make COVID jabs mandatory for the very people that don't, who are being hurt the most by these injections, which we'll show you next. It's actually incredible, guys. Absolutely incredible. Over 85%, 85, over 85% in Scotland and in UK of the deaths in general in COVID are people over 60 from COVID-19, right? That's the most, the most vaccinated category. And yet they're, and you could, oh, they're just old, right? Well, it's funny how that argument only works on one side of this. Obviously, they're elderly people and people are going to be di- have more chance of dying. But if they're at the most risk and this is supposed to keep them safe and then yet you give it to them and yet that's the highest category of death, doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Breaking, mandatory, Italy, Australia. This one is Canada. I see it coming. Mandatory vaccinations on the horizon, says the federal health minister. Our people are tired. And the only way we know how how know through COVID, be it a, vi- a variant or if any future variant, don't miss that. It's never going away, is through vaccination. Health minister said that mandatory vaccinations will happen in Canada. Signaled that Friday the provincial governments should be discussing mandatory vaccinations saying it is a conversation that has to happen as unvaccinated patients continue to put strain on the hospitals. I mean, yes, it, they just, it doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't matter how many times you can prove this is not happening, how many times you can prove that the hospitals are not under the strain they keep pretending they are, other than the way that they make that the case with all sorts of actions. I mean, it, it just doesn't end. It's unreal. And I think this is why they're so desperate to make this happen because people are seeing, even the people on their supposed side of this are beginning to question because it's crazy. 
on the horizon. But the crazy part on top of that is that they're, again, in every possible way, whether we're talking about the panels on on and, and injections for the FDA, the CDC, the countries themselves, none of them bring up, even mention the concept of natural immunity. Even mention it. Because that is, if, if you do not see that discussed, it's a manipulation. That's all it comes down to. They're going to force this on people, even though they have immunity. French Parliament approves Macron's vaccine pass to exclude unvaccinated citizens from, quote, quote, basic aspects of life. You mean like human rights? Yeah, basic aspects of life. I mean, that's not supposed to even like the fact that they even state it like that. That is a huge that's that's a human rights violation. We're talking about basic needs of life. The bill will now proceed to the Senate. Hasn't happened yet, but it's coming, guys. It's all over the place. A vaccine, a, a vaccine pass that will exclude people who do not have injections from living their lives. This is like everywhere else, despite everything we just told you. Exactly the same points we just made for the last one. It's illogical. Mandatory vaccinations, Austria, the first country in the United in the European Union to make them compulsory, forcing these on people. Fully vaccinated and boosted Chancellor Nehammer has just tested positive for COVID in Austria. Isn't that interesting? He says, I'm fine and will now go into quarantine. Right. So we're forcing this on everybody in Austria. And the leader, the Chancellor, tests positive for COVID-19 after being triple boosted. <laughs> yeah, but just keep pretending like that means it works, right? Because that's what they'll say. Will be Goldberg stunned by testing positive for COVID. I've done everything I was supposed to. See, the natives are getting restless, guys. They don't understand this anymore. This shows you something. It shows you, I mean, this feels like an endgame scenario if even they're being pushed into it. Germany's health minister says, quote, we cannot wait for compulsory vaccinations to become obsolete because we have a very high level of infections. You mean those infections that are super mild, that aren't really hurting anybody, that are only causing natural immunity? Yeah, we got to stop that. Omicron as dirty vaccination, isn't that crazy, is not an alternative. <laughs> well, it's you're right. It's not an alternative to those dangerous injections. It's, in fact, a much, 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 much better option, especially for the vast majority of people who are at really lower risk than the flu, which is basically everybody. That's crazy. See, what they want you to think is this is some sort of manipulated version of this. No, this is what natural immunity, natural immunity, it has always been there. And they're just pretending like it's crazy today. So they can force in their agenda. Germany enacts new restrictions. And this is the point about why I see them walking this line right now. Because as Whoopi over here going, I don't get it. This doesn't make sense because they're upset right now. Why would they go get the fourth one when that comes? Or the third if they haven't, when they're watching this happen? Germany enacts new restrictions. Double vaccinated. No longer allowed to enter cafes, restaurants without taking tests. Tests not required for the boosted. So all they're doing is they're going, well, you know, you still, as it says right here, new restriction is intended as an incentive to get boosted. So they're not really saying, well, you're not done. Your double vaccinated is still going to work, but you can, you just have to test now, right? You should, you don't have to, it, 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 there's one more barrier, but you just get the boost and you're good, right? So they don't want to come out and be like, you're on, you're no longer fully vaxxed which is what's basically happening. But they're being very careful with the way they frame it because those double vaccinated people are the very people they need on their side, most importantly. And they're the ones they're beginning to go, well, you're now suddenly anti-vaxxer because you're not getting the third? Yes, but this is their way of just pushing it while claiming, oh, don't, but Omicron is actually more dangerous. Don't call it mild. 
See how this works? This is an incentive to get the boost until moments later it becomes mandatory, which is where it's happening everywhere else. It's a funny little image. I hope my government will let me go outside today. Save that. <laughs> this is funny. Now, here is what Twitter's fact check has to say about the Nuremberg Code. And this is actually pretty embarrassing. January 5th, COVID-19 vaccines and restrictions do not violate World War II Nuremberg Code, fact checkers say. Oh, which ones? You mean groups like uh, Lead Stories with their excellent, terrible fact checking or factcheck.org? You mean these pathetic organizations that keep getting caught lying or keep getting caught admitting that all they really did was give their protected opinion? That's you, Lead Stories. Yeah, that's them. The ones that wildly misrepresented themselves to Brooke Jackson and lied about what they were doing and refused to cover the... Yep. The ones that the British Medical Journal are just dragging through the mud because they're pathetically horrible at their jobs. Guys, these are not fact checkers. These are lying, manipulating propaganda outlets. What's funny is they're the ones coming out now to go, oh, yeah, those things that are verifiable violations of exactly what we're saying. No, those aren't. Why? Because we said so. Here's what it says. COVID-19 measures don't violate Nuremberg Code. Why? Because that ethical code applies to research involving human subjects, not public health interventions. Okay, wait a minute. So you were not involved. So this doesn't involve humans. Oh, it does though, but it's a public intervention. So I'm not getting the point. So a code applies to research involving human subjects, which human subjects are involved. But when that becomes a health intervention, it doesn't make, doesn't count anymore. Like, I don't even know if they think that makes sense. They're claiming it only counts when it involves human subjects, but not public health interventions because they don't. Well, no, they do. So what? <laughs> like it just—it makes me. I laughed out loud when I read this because obviously the Nazis pretended it was a public health intervention. They were bad. They, they needed to forcefully inject these people that were carrying disease. So yeah, that's exactly like I mean, literally what they were arguing. God, these people are ridiculous. And then it says, moreover, the Nuremberg Code does not apply to COVID nineteen jabs. We'll tell us why. Fact check, but because they have undergone extensive extensive clinical trials and they've received emergency authorization. <laughs> well, first of all, those extensive clinical trials were like three, four months long. And even Fauci just admitted that are still ongoing, that their documentation, which by the way, I still have up right here, still says right this moment that the long-term safety data is unknown. It's present right now. I just lost my place. Where were we? There we are. And then they say, and because it got emergency authorization, which by the way, that doesn't mean what you want people to think it means. It got emergency authorization, which means they don't know if it's safe. That that means that the current, what we do know, outweighs what we think we know of the risks. So you're literally using arguments that undermine your very point. But this is what we've come to expect from leadstoriesfactcheck.org and Twitter's fact-checking operation. How bad is that? Right here, the code was created after they conducted involuntary experiments on prisoners. <laughs> exactly right. Which has literally happened in prisons, has literally happened in quarantines, but it's also happened in the real world. People are right now being forced to take an injection that's barely been researched, that is clearly an experiment that they call an investigational. I mean, I could go on forever. God, this is bad. I mean, really bad. This is why they're waking up the people that were moments ago on their side, because this is pathetic. Obviously, this is a clear violation in every possible way. doesn't matter, though. Quebec and Canada will be expanding its COVID-19 vaccine passport system. Just guess what, guys? To require a third dose. Remember when that was fake news like three seconds ago? 
And Quebec Health Minister Christian Dubé at a press conference said on Thursday, they're going to require the third dose. So all those people that dutifully got their second shot thinking that would let them go back to normal are now going to be unvaccinated until they get their third dose. Simple. Just like everywhere else that's happening. Moderna CEO, though, goes, well, we may need a fourth one, though, because of the efficacy of boosters. Yeah, exactly what we keep telling you. Moderna said that. Pfizer said that. Meanwhile, all the countries are over here going, no, just get your second one. Just do it. And you're good. Now you're third. Maybe you're fourth, but just go ahead and do it. They're all telling you this, guys. And this is why we keep telling you that even Ontario is already offering its fourth dose right now. That Think about how ridiculous that is. They're right now offering it. And over in Quebec, they're requiring the third. Right, here's Israel approving their fourth. It's all already happening. You've seen most of this already. Now here is, I've seen an endless amount of these. I only wanted to show you one, but it's everywhere, guys. And I actually really feel for these people. This person who got two shots already says, I don't want to go on anymore. I hate my job and I don't want to get any more vaccines, but I have a wife and a son that depend on me. This They've been put in this position. They, these people don't know that we're here. Maybe, I mean, I'm just make, I'm assuming, but the, the, a lot of these people, you know, this is what he feels lost. But I have my people that depend on me. Don't I need to do this to to help them? Right? That's what he's been fed, right? What do you do in this spot? I've just had enough. These are the natives. They're restless. These are the people that have been convinced that two shots were the best thing that they could do, that they were helping their family, doing the right thing. They're upset. They're restless. They're anxious. They're unhappy. This is why they're so desperate to rationalize why we are the bad people. The sad part is, guys, these people are, are spinning out right now. And they'll do anything to make it all about you. But this person's just asking for help. And I think this is what's causing some of the most irrational, schizophrenic moments we've ever seen. People are lost. Which brings us to the verification of that data. <clears throat> now, here's the UK Health Security Agency from week one in January 6th. Don't forget that they skipped that last week, which in my opinion was the most important week. And I don't see any valid justification for why that is. They just skipped the last week. It was supposed to be week 54, I believe, or 53. I forget which one. That was the most important week where all this was compounding from Delta to Omicron and so on. Now, you still see the very important data, which I will break down for you right now from all three of these locations. But just take note of that and the way that they try to play the game with this information. Now, here is the actual front page. You can see it yourself. Now, jumping into this, I want to point out a couple of interesting points they make in the the, the text Based on antibody testing of blood donors, they're telling you in the UK right now, 98.4% of the adult population have antibodies to COVID-19. Let me repeat that. They're telling you in the UK that right now from a multiple, from all different directions, that 98.4% of people have antibodies. Wasn't that supposed to be the end? Didn't Fauci say that like 70 or 80% antibodies in your, would reach her immunity? Why doesn't this make sense? But they're telling you is either from infection or vaccination. Then they say that's compared to just 22.7 that have antibodies from infection alone. Now, that's a really weird way to frame that, isn't it? Now, what that shows you, and I think what they're trying to do right there is hide the true representation of natural immunity. Because what this is showing you is that there are only 22% of the population are right now out there who have never gotten an injection and have natural immunity. However, 98.4% of the population have some variation of the both. 
That's really manipulative because I would be willing to bet that the vast majority of people with natural immunity are the people with that are faring well and people that went and then got an injection afterward had this removed the antibodies or at least reduced them in their bloodstream, which is what multiple studies from Israel that multiple people that we've played. I, I'm actually, I forgot to play this the last time. So I might as well just grab this. Play this really quickly. Even this, this is a scientist in, in discussing this from Pfizer's injection, telling you very clearly without any misunderstanding that this is removing the antibodies from your blood or at the very least there's I'll play the next clip, I guess too, that this is the people who take the Pfizer injection have a, far lower amount of antibodies than anybody else, including those that have no injections. From our finding is that we, the key message from our finding is that we found that recipients of the Pfizer vaccine, those who've had two doses, have about five to six fold lower amounts of neutralizing antibodies. Now, these are the sort of gold standard private security. Now, you can watch that. I'll include the link. I've included it many times. He goes on to say the same thing about one shot, right? It's, it's a lot with two and then even still with one, you have less than normal. Oh, and that's right. I'll just play this clip as well to make that point about the removal part of it, which I, I've gone in depth on this for people many times. For those that haven't seen this, it's just important to put the connection together. And your COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to want to listen to this. The Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID-19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID-19 patients in hospitals. That plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus, but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies, making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients. Huh. Well, it's funny. Someone asked an important question. And this is, and I'm glad they did this because this is where I'm constantly getting stuck with a lot of people, especially the ones new to the channel. <clears throat> Somebody in the, in the chat <clears throat> says, how do you reach herd immunity if it wears off in three months? Exactly. Now, the point is, I'm not arguing that we've reached herd immunity. Right. And I, it's, it's hard because I can't always make this point, but it needs to be made offense for new people not to, to see my, the way I, we conduct this show. What I'm arguing is that they're claiming that this 98.4% of antibodies is current and that that then simultaneously in other conversations that all we need to reach is like 80% herd to get herd immunity. Right. So I'm not saying we've reached that. And I'm sure you knew that. My point is simply to point out that they're claiming that's what's happening. My point is to show you that those 98.4% of people who have had the injection are clearly not the ones we should, they're, they're, it's hurting their body. But most of them, in my opinion, are people that had natural immunity before anyway. But either way, their narrative is that should be over. If 98.4% is accurate, this should be over. That's why they just don't talk about that right now because they don't have an explanation. I think that's very important to notice. Now on the next one, I believe that was it on here. Yeah, next one here. Effectiveness against infection. This is, I mean, this makes my brain hurt. It says it is possible that they could be still be infected. People that take the injections can still be infected and with the virus and could transmit it to others. Make sure you just make, that's very clear. Although you may not develop symptoms, which is not true. I mean, the, the asymptomatic discussion has been proven 10 times over with peer-reviewed science that it's not a threat, not a relevant point to the conversation. But it says it is possible they could still be infected and spread to others. Very clear. With the Delta variant, which by the way, this just came out just now. But so ask yourself why instead of using Omicron, they use Delta. 
It goes on to say, with the Delta variant, vaccine effectiveness against infection has been estimated at around 65% with Vaxervia and 80% with Comirnaty, even though Comirnaty is not being used and we're using the, the point is, if it was Omicron, that would be crazy much, it would be way less than that. That's why they did that. Because we already have the data. It's all been, it's been circulated by multiple studies about the actual effectiveness against Comirnaty. The reason they didn't do that is because they don't want you to realize it's below 50%. There's dishonesty everywhere in this, but it goes on to say effectiveness against transmission. Okay, so no, they just said in the paragraph above this, they could transmit it to others, right? But it starts out by saying several studies have provided evidence that vaccines are effective at preventing infection. Okay, uninfected individuals cannot transmit. Therefore, the vaccines are also effective at preventing transmission. What? That's that's blatantly, uh, that's verifiably untrue. All of the data in the world is showing you that this is spreading like crazy among the vaccinated. And yet here they are, this mo- this came out recently, like yesterday. And it's telling you, even though it just says up there that it can still spread, they're done, sending, they're done saying that it prevents infection. No, it very clearly does not. I mean, I haven't even seen evidence that in any way does that. And they show you, and they've admitted it. It's Walensky, Fauci, that it does not does not stop infection or transmission. It reduces your symptoms, and I don't even believe that. So how can they even make this statement? It, it doesn't stop infection, so therefore it does not stop transmission. But they're literally saying both. Think about that. Then it goes on to say additional benefit may be if some of those individuals who become infected, you just said, whatever, despite vaccination, are also at a, record, a reduced risk of transmitting. You see, what? Like it makes my brain hurt. You're... Set your counter, you are challenging what you just said with the next sentence, but going, but even if it doesn't do the thing we just said that it absolutely does, it did reduce your symptoms though. Show me that. It's not true. And this is, if you have to make this mind bending argument, mental gymnastics to make it seem like it has this effect, gee, I wonder if it actually has that effect. This is just as dishonest as every other thing you're going to see everywhere else. Here is something I found interesting before we get into the full data. Vaccination in immunocompromised individuals. Remember, we keep making this point. The data is not there for these people. People with autoimmune disorders or people with immunocompromised situations. It's very clear. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known in this situation. It's very clear right there. For those on the podcast, it's right on Pfizer's documentation. As of November, the end of November. So here it's telling you that they have in England... 536,890 people who are immunosuppressed that have taken this injection, and yet they don't know if it's safe, as their documentation very clearly shows. Yep, of course, because trust the science, right? Think how incredible that is. It makes me sick that this is what's being allowed right now. Now, in main findings, it says COVID-19 vaccination is the safest and most effective way for women to protect themselves and their babies against severe COVID. This is literally what it's saying in the UK Health Security Agency document. COVID-19 vaccine coverage in pregnant women at delivery has increased as more women have become eligible for vaccination, reaching 22.2%. 20, almost a quarter of all women who gave birth in August had been vaccinated. I mean, that's the thing about what's going to do going forward in general. But I haven't even made the point yet, which I'm sure many of you know where I'm going. 
in line with the 25% of women in Scotland and 18.4% in Wales delivering in August who had received at least one dose of this injection. I mean, guys, this is unreal to me. As it says right here in the same document, and this is the most current information, use in pregnancy and breastfeeding, the safety profile of the vaccine is not known in both of those situations. And here they are gloating, bragging about how they got a quarter of those people to take this injection, even though they don't know if it's safe. Apparently, I mean, I mean, guys, this makes me sick. How is this being allowed to happen? Now, the point is that this is very real. And if you think that this information, let's say this document is outdated, let's, you know, this, this is what, this is the homepage of it from November 25th, community risk management plan. Well, let's just pretend like it just shifted over the last couple of weeks. Well, how about we go to the most current version of this document? This is right now up to date as of today on the European Medicines Agency. Now, it's weird, actually, you'll notice that there's some minor differences in verbiage, but here's what it has to say. Some of these will blow you away. This is on the commercial. This isn't even, the, this is the one that's supposed to be the current top one, even though that's the one they're not giving you while still allowing you to take the emergency authorization one, which they have indemnity for. Either way, this is the most current. Let's make sure we're clear on that. Can people who have already had COVID be vaccinated with community? Well, it says there were no additional side effects in the only 545 people who received community in the main trial and had previously had COVID. So they have no idea. Such a small, small portion. There were not enough data from the trial to conclude on how well community works for people who have had it. They don't know. That's what that says. There was not enough data. And then, so, that, so why did they choose to get more people? Probably because they knew that this is what was going to happen. This is peer-reviewed science from August 9th. They're pretending like they don't know what that says. And what it says, as you've seen many times, is that infection-enhancing anti-SARS-CoV-2 antibodies recognize both the original strain, which they're based on, and in this case, Delta, as well as other variants. Antibody-dependent enhancement is a potential concern for vaccines. It says, using molecular modeling approaches, we show that enhancing antibodies have a higher affinity. Now, remember, neutralizing antibodies are what you want. Enhancing antibodies are bad for your body. In this context, I believe probably in any context, but specifically in this context, we show that enhancing antibodies have a higher affinity for Delta variants than for the Wuhan strain. We show that enhancing antibodies, the bad ones, reinforce the binding of the spike trimmer to the host cell membrane by clamping the NDT to lipid raft microdomains. This stabilizing mechanism may facilitate the conformational change that induces the demasking of the receptor binding domain. As the NTD is also targeted by neutralizing antibodies, our data suggests that the balance between neutralizing and facilitating antibodies is vaccinated indiv in vaccinated individuals is in favor of neutralizing neutralization for the original strain. However, in the case of the Delta variant, or right now with Omicron, neutralizing antibodies have a decreased affinity for the spike protein, whereas facilitating antibodies display strikingly increased affinity. Thus, antibody-dependent enhancement may be a concern for people receiving vaccines based on the original strain and spike sequence, either mRNA or viral vector, either one. Think about how very, very obvious that is. Now, do you know who else has made that point before that you might have seen? If I grab it. Oh, you know what? It's at the top. So I started saying that too early. <laughs> Where was it? Hold on. I got to play this one now since I queued that up. Yeah, here it is. Now, this again, this is somebody else telling you this back in 2020. 
back before this conversation was, you know, was being had like it is now. He was saying this as a possibility, but now it's called fake news. Here's what he said back then. There's another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. Oops, forgot it was an opening. But that's exactly what this says. I mean, that's exactly what's happening. I mean, verbatim, what Fauci said is possible is right in front of you. Literally. It's happening to Delta, at the very least, as this peer-reviewed science is showing. And they're still telling you Delta's everywhere. So the point is they're still injecting people with that, ha, that create spi- a spike protein or rather creates the mRNA instructions for that that's based on the original strain that creates antibodies for something that is not in your body. So it creates what, what ends up being enhancing antibodies and it hurts your body. That's exactly what we're finding, guys. Did I go past? That's right. So here we are. And that's what they're telling you right here. So when they say there's not enough data, oh, there was 445 people, that's because they don't know. And then they're pretending this data is not there. So why would you allow people who have already been sick, who when there's peer-reviewed science that shows that it can create something very severe, especially when they already have been sick, which means they have natural immunity, why would you allow them to do it? Because they want the injection to be the focal point. If they, if this was, if, if this was honest, they would say, well, don't let them do it because we don't know if it's safe. Right. But they're pretending they're in so much risk that we have to force it while they ignore natural immunity, ignore the data, ignore the data around the actual risk to most people and just do it anyway. We are in a massive, we are in a really dangerous situation, even though I am seeing it dissipate a little bit. This is that people are driving this stuff forward in a very obvious push. Here's the next one. Can community reduce transmission of a virus from one person to another? So the very thing that they're yelling at you right now that it absolutely can do, and what was the last one we were just talking about? The one where they're telling you, hold on, I want to go back to them. I want to remember what it was to reduce transmission. Shoot. I don't know. You, I, we talked about it in the beginning here where there was something about reducing transmission where there's, it was probably just a mass conversation. Anyway, this is what it says right now, as they're screaming at us, we're crazy for, for thinking that it can or it can't. It says the impact of vaccination with community on the spread of COVID-19 in the community is not yet known. <laughs> what? I mean, let's look at that. It says it right on the community website or the European.eu website around community. It says the impact of vaccination on stopping the spread of COVID-19 is not known. It is not yet known how much vaccinated people may still be able to carry and spread the virus. What? I mean, that, I just, I mean, as much as I know that and we've proven that and people have slowly admitted that, I can't believe it's stated so plainly right there. And yet it's still fake news on Twitter. I mean, it's just, we are in a bad way. How long does protection for community last? The next question asks, it is not currently known how long protection given by community lasts. Exactly. Two months at the most, it would seem. The people vaccinated in the clinical trial will continue to be followed for two years to gather more information. That's called pharmacovigilance using Oracle. 
That's also fake news, despite it being pasted right on Kamarthi's website or the EU website. Next one says, can immunocompromised people be vaccinated? And this is my same point. And the reason I'm showing this website is because it's the same. This is where the data came from. This is the community EU website. And here's the, just the, the main point with the questions. And it says the same thing. There are limited data. Well, actually, here's the point. I found this to be really telling. The truth is, oh, which one was it? 40, 35, I think. Shoot. I think I lost it. One hundred and forty-nine. Oops. That it. Shoot. Sorry, guys. I swear that was it. Oh, here we go. Oh, weird. I guess it's listed on a different location. Anyway, so I don't waste any more time. It looks like it breaks it down in different locations as well. The point was it's saying used in in, in compromised. uh, Yeah, let me just do that. That'll be the easiest way to find that one. I I remember the page number before. Oh, for crying out loud. All right, screw it. (laughs) I apologize. I swear I had this in there. Here we go. I don't know why that didn't copy. I want to bring this up just so I don't lose it going forward as well. Why isn't that copying? Anyway, all right, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done trying to figure that out. So the point was, as you saw before, they're telling you, that's why I wanted to find it, son of a gun. They're telling you that people with immunocompromised situations, they don't have the data for. God, I wish I could remember what page that was. They don't have the data for, right? Missing information is what it's saying. But over here, it seems to say there's limited data. That's not what it says. It's the most current right over in the page. It says no data. Although immunocompromised people may respond as well, may not respond as well to the vaccine, there are no particular safety out concerns. I mean, look at that. That's incredible to me. I can't believe it has the nerve to say that. I'm going to find this. It's going to drive me crazy if I don't. I can't believe they have the nerve to say that. Here we go. While it says, again, it's important just to show this. Son of a gun. How am I missing this? There we go. Thank God. It's going to drive you bananas. All right. So immunocompromised patients, as it says right here, the safety profile of the vaccine is not yet known. So they don't know. And yet they're arguing over here that they just have limited information, right? But what they're saying is, although it may not respond well, there are no safety concerns. How in the world can you claim there's no safety concerns when the safety profile is not known? Right? I mean, this is this is why it's important to show this. And that's why I took a second to find it. Just because it needs to be shown next to each other. And how incredible that is. Then it says severely immunocompromised people may be given an additional dose. So they're not even saying, they're saying we can even give you a third dose, even though we don't know if it's safe. I mean, again, it just, I've made this point so many times, but I can't get past it. Then it says, can pregnant or breastfeeding women be vaccinated? Animal studies do not know or do not show any harmful effects in pregnancy. Animal studies. However, data on the use of this during pregnancy are limited. Well, see, again, that's not what it actually says. What it says, to be clear, is that they don't know. 
the safety profile of the vaccine is not known. They don't know, which means there's no way you can pretend that it's safe. Although there are no studies on breastfeeding, or no risk for breastfeeding is expected. <laughs> oh my God. The decision on whether to use vaccine in pregnant women should be made by asking your doctor. Then it says, can people with allergies be vaccinated with comernity? It says, therefore, as for all vaccines, comernity should be given under close medical supervision with the appropriate medical treatment available. Is it happening at Walgreens? Is it happening at the ball game? Is it happening at the Krispy Kreme or the bar or anywhere else they're giving this, the school? No, it's not. Said that many times as well. Finally, before we get to the data, it is reassuring, therefore, that vaccinated and unvaccinated women have a similar risk of stillbirth. That's what it says right there. Then it says, whilst a proportion of premature births was slightly higher in the vaccinated women, this could be explained by differences of age, you know, the things that we'll dismiss right now. Yep, that's what it says. Apparently, it's reassuring to them that vaccinated and unvaccinated women have a similar risk of stillbirth, even though it was higher in the vaccinated women. Isn't that supposed to matter? Not when they go, well, it could be other reason. We could dismiss it for this many reasons. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. But when there's something they want, they think, well, well we could be. Therefore, we're going to yell about it, even though both those things mean they don't know. That is the kind of alarming reality that we see from things Brooke Jackson and others are showing you about the way this has all been conducted. It's been very negligent, if not criminal, which brings us to the actual data itself. Now, this is cases first. Now, this is the most recent breakdown. Again, this is the page we're looking at. This is the most recent breakdown of cases from week 49 to week 52, even though they skipped week 52. This is the first week in, in January 2022. Now, I did the breakdown for you. I added all of it up and did this for you. And I'm going to show you Scotland next and how weird they are and how they break it down. But just looking at cases first, there's a total of, and this is, again, taking their data. So we're speaking specifically in these in these categories, week 49 to week 52. That's all we're talking about. And the total, as they claim, of cases reported in those weeks amounted to 2,556,580. Now, remember, this is PCR test, which means that half of these, if not most of them, are false positives, or they could be, is the point. But that's irrelevant to the point we're making here. Within their narrative, those are the cases. Then, not vaccinated, that's the category we're looking at right here. That adds up to a total of 549,062. And those, again, could be false positives as well. That's, I don't have to say it every time. Just keep that in your mind. That's always the caveat. That amounts to a total of 21%. So 21% of all the cases between week 49 and week 52 in the UK have been not vaccinated. 21%. That's it. Which means 79% of all the cases... <clears throat> in UK between that time frame were fully were vaccinated. That includes one dose and two doses and three doses. All they're doing right here is one and two, basically. Now that includes those. But if you break if you remove everything but over 14 two doses, it still ends up being over 70%. The majority are in the two category. But that of course they have an excuse for, right? Now you'll see this everywhere. Right now, you can look everywhere. And even right now, I just saw an article that was specifically pointing to this on the other on Scotland. Uh, this one right here and showing, oh, I'll get to it in a second and showing you that only the cases, we're going to show you all of it. Now the cases are very relevant. The cases are everywhere, over 80%, pretty much everywhere you look in the fully vaccinated. Now, the reason I don't find that to be as powerful is because they're going to, they're going to go, of course, because most of them are vaccinated Then they're, they're able to reduce symptoms. They, they have their narrative for that part of it. I still don't know why that makes sense. 
even when you break it down per 100,000, you're still seeing the majority of them on the side. They keep saying it's super rare. And aren't they over there screaming that it will stop transmission, that the majority of it will stop transmission and infection? It's only rare. Yeah, obviously not. Even when you break it down per 100,000. But let's scroll to hospitalizations. In hospitalizations, again, in their week 49 to week 52, the total that they're reporting were 9,981. That's the total category of hospitalizations. Oh, by the way, last the one point I want to make about cases was the same thing I make every time. K- over 80 is the group that's supposed to be the most at risk. And they're the most injected. So shouldn't it be argued that they should at least be 50-50? But no, you're not seeing that. It's, I mean, aggressively on the side. I mean, we're talking 90-something percent on the side of fully vaccinated are over 80 people that are have the cases. Same in every category, in hospitalizations. The, the 90% of the deaths or in hospitalizations over 80 are clearly on the side of the fully vaccinated. But back to the total, 9,981 hospitalizations in this time frame. Not vaccinated at all, there's only 4,046. That amounts to only 40%. So 60% of all the hospitalizations in this time frame were people that were vaccinated. The majority fully vaccinated pretty clear. Then you break it down to the bottom. Same point. It's interesting to me that you can see as out of 1,844 hospitalizations of over 80, only 322 of them were not vaccinated. 1,464 of those hospitalizations were people that were over 80 or that were fully vaccinated. Again, if these people are the most at risk and the most vaccinated, Shouldn't that be at the very least even or more slanted to the not vaccinated? Because isn't there supposed to be more, so much more at risk? There's just no way you explain that. Even with the per 100,000, it just does not add up. Then we go to deaths. Now, this is the most important part. This part is just incredible to me. Now, we actually broke, I broke this down by 28 days and 60 days. I did both of them. Here's the 60. We usually only do the first one because the 28 days is what they keep yelling about. No positive test in 28 days. They have two categories. Positive test in 28 and then positive test in 60 days. But here's what's interesting. I haven't said this in the past. Table 12 is COVID-19 deaths within 28 days and within 60 days of positive specimen. So respectively, or in general, COVID-19 deaths with COVID reported on the death certificate. That's it. Do you realize how subjective that is? That's what we keep talking about. People are being put, de- getting reported as COVID, even though they went in for some clear alternate cause, as what she, as you've heard her say many times, and then still get reported as a COVID death or hospitalization or so on. So just note this huge caveat that could be played in obvious ways. Even then, even with all these different manipulative p- strings to be pulled, PCR test. Lies, 28 days positive test, you know, broken leg hospitalization goes down and so on and so on. You're still showing the data that's aggressively on the side of the fully vaccinated. Think about that. Now, for 28 days, the total they're reporting in this time frame, 2,890 deaths. Only 809 of those deaths are in the unvaccinated. That's only 28%. How do you make sense of that? If this is supposed to be only on the side of, you know, the idea is that we're all at risk and it's super rare. Even foregoing for the moment, the per 100,000, which we're going to get into more in depth in Scotland, which is more of an isolated location to look at. 
how in the world can 28% of the deaths be in the not vaccinated, which means 72% of all the deaths between week 49 and 52 have been in the vaccinated? Over 70% in the fully vaccinated. How is that possible? And again, same point. Look at the over 80. Now, here's an interesting point I wanted to make. Just on 28 first, 49% of all the deaths, vaccinated or otherwise, are over 80. So 50% of all the deaths in general are the over 80 category, which, by the way, should be the most protected, right? 86% of all the deaths in this category are over 60. Same point. Aren't, I mean, these are supposed to be the most vaccinated, and yet 86% of the deaths in a general sense in this category, but I would argue at least back to week 37, because we've been doing this the whole time, and it's been the same way, 86% are over 60, and yet we're still forcing these down kids' arms, and we're still, and they're still dying more than anybody? It doesn't make sense. None of this adds up. Then going to week uh, 60 days in a positive test, same point. Total, according to them in this time frame, 3,718. That's the total. Can you guess how many are unvaxxed? Right now, totally unvaxxed, uh, not vaccinated adds up to, hold on a second, make sure I didn't write that incorrectly. Three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, okay, so it's 809, which is 22%. 22%, which means, again, after even after 60 days, 78% of the total deaths in this time frame, are people who are vaccinated. 80 or 72%. I mean, that's crazy. And then you do the same metric as before. It's 85% over 60. I mean, it all stays pretty much the same, does it not? So here's the point on this. Now you can go down to here. There's a bigger graph breaking down the per 100,000. And this part right here is, or just right here, is what they're what some of these people are trying to show you, which it shows you pretty clearly that you break down the per 100,000 just on cases, it's exponentially more on the vaccinated side in most categories. I mean, look at that. It's way higher. So this even challenges their narrative, but they're going to pretend like that makes sense. But they're arguing over here that these, and their data, if you trust it, shows you that there's higher per 100,000 on the side of the on the unvaccinated. Now, there's a million reasons why this is up in the air for the fact of the tests and the and the PCR false positives and the 28 days and whether they're sick or not, or the fact that people have one, two, or three shots can be buried, fully vaccinated or not, and on, and on, and on. I don't take this, I, I don't take even what we just looked at at face value. I think even that's manipulated, and that just speaks to how obviously it's on one side of this. But what, per 100,000 or not, having the majority of deaths and hospitalizations be on the side of people being injected does not add up even remotely to what they're saying. But aside from this, let's go to a more specific location, which I think makes this more obvious. Public Health of Scotland. Now, this is the one from December 20th. Now, the reason I have this up is to show you that we're looking at the one today. Or rather, yeah, it published today, January 7th. As of January 5th. Now, the reason I have these up is to show you these are two different reports. Very different. But what you'll notice is something that's very interesting and obvious. Here And here's the actual breakdown of the page. Public Health Scotland. You can see this is the one we went over last time. As of December 20th. And it says published December 22nd. And down here it says, the next release will be January 7th, which is today. So this is obviously the one from back then. Here's the one from today. As of January 5th, published January 7th, latest release. And then it says down here, the next one will be January 12th. Okay, you'll see why I'm, say I'm showing you this. Very clearly, these are two different reports. 
And it's supposed to be the one with the most up-to-date information as of January 5th. This one was as of January, or excuse me, December 22nd, right? Okay, just to make it clear, here's the December 20th one that we did last time. Really quickly go down to the data and show you the date breakdown. They're, they're giving you this new report as if this is new information. But what you'll notice very quickly is that all they did was post the same data. November 20th to December 17th. Interesting, right? Well, you'll see in a second. Then, but then make note of the the the. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make the point in a second. So, November twentieth to December second, December seventeenth. Okay, let's go to this one. Did I go too far? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Well, what do you know? Look at that. Definitely a new page. They even look a little different, right? You can see this is a little different color, right there. But take note of the dates, November 20th to December 17th. Huh. So first I was like, did I open the wrong page? Right? But look, it even still says it right there, November 20th to December 17th. But just look, same page. Let's go up to the top. It clearly says January 5th. So what I'm showing you is they are lying to you or, you know, made a mistake, put out a brand new report saying it's up to date as January 7th. But what you will notice is that everything on here in regard to what we're discussing today, the cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are only up until December 17th, which is the exact same data they put out with the last report. See? Isn't that incredible? Either these people are the most incompetent ever, or they're choosing to lie to you and make you think this is the same. I, you know, always they'd always rather be incompetent than criminal. Okay, now that you saw that, just so we're very clear on how obviously they're lying to you by putting out the same, I argue the reason that's happening is because the data that of this last week has been way worse, way worse. That's my opinion, but I think it backs up by everywhere else. But let's get into the data that we showed you last time since they don't want to change it. Here's the breakdown, just like last time. And the reason I'm showing it again is to correlate with the per 100,000 point. First of all, just look at the cases. Same, same point from before. You'll note that they have unvaccinated one dose, two dose, and three dose. Then you'll note that they have the number of cases and the percentage. Okay. So you can see, let's just take the first week from November 20th, November 20th, November 26th, and you'll see the percentage of the cases of unvaccinated 0.42 is pretty damn close, if not the same in most of these categories. This one's 0.34. But if you look down here, it aligns pretty, pretty closely. Like here's the most, here's the most obvious one. 0.53%. Right, so this is the third week. People with two doses represented 0.53%. So over here, you can see same thing, same number, 0.53% on the unvaccinated. So that's not supposed to happen. If their narrative is correct, the idea is that it's supposed to be lopsided on the, but the numbers look different because most of them are vaccinated. But when you do the per 100,000, it shows you that they're more, well, cases again is always the one they just dismiss as because here is the most important. This is hospitalizations. Well, that in that in deaths. Just want to point this out again that here is the cases on the updated version, and you can see that the. That's oh, weird. Did I go too far? Confirmed. Oh, I went too far. Yeah, there's deaths. Here is the hospitalizations. I just want to point out that you can see that the numbers are like uh, blackened, highlighted, but you don't see that here. Just one more point to show you that they changed it. So it's not like they accidentally reposted it. That was the point I was making. 
They literally changed it. They added colors, they highlighted things, but reposted the same data. That's not an accident. That's a willful deception. But going over to hospitalization, same point, unvaccinated, one dose, two dose, three dose. Take note of the per 100,000. Look at unvaccinated, 38, 37, 42, 34. Even, even one dose is higher on the first two weeks. Here's two doses. 31, 37, 37, 29. I mean, it's per, it's 37 and 37 are, are almost exactly. I mean, look, that's, that's the same as week two, 37. How in the world can it be the same per 100,000 between two doses and unvaccinated in any category if this is aggressively on one side and we're all misunderstanding the data? That's the point. And it's, it's the same point it's showing you and highlighted. It's even clearer. 37 and 37. I mean, you know, there, yes, it goes up and down, but at the very least, even if it's, let's just say, taking the other one, let's just say it's 42 and 37, 37 per 100,000 and 42 per, per 100,000 are basically the same thing statistically when you stand back at this level. They're not, and that's not even remotely what they're telling you, which is that it's so far and super rare over here and it's all on this one side. That is basically the same. Deaths being the same point. Now we'll just go to this one again. Deaths, same point. Look at the number breakdown. Don't forget, the first thing we told you was the majority, the number majority is way more. You're getting 80% of these numbers on the side of the fully vaccinated. But their argument is just simply that's a misrepresentation because the per 100,000. But here you go. Here's the data from Scotland, at the very least. Unvaccinated, week one, five per 100,000. Two doses, week one, five per 100,000. In fact, 0.18 versus 0.15. So it's 0.3 more. Anyone explain that? If everything they're saying about this makes sense, then how does that add up? It's, it's the same almost every time. Yes, it goes up and down. But generally speaking, when you average it out, it's the same. How about you look at just the last week specifically? 9.3 per 100,000 versus 5 per 100,000. That's deaths, guys. That's almost double. You have almost double the deaths in Scotland versus vax versus two doses. You, you, there's no way to misunderstand this. They're lying to you. And then especially when you break it down by realizing that it's not 100%. 74% in Scotland, they're claiming, and this is the adult population, are vaccinated fully, with whatever that means these days for them, and 70.8% in the United Kingdom. So the argument would be, if you're going to break this down, that that's the difference, right? So there's 70%. That's why you have more deaths and more hospitalizations. But that shouldn't represent the way you're seeing it in such a clear slant. 80%, 90%. That's not the way that works. And even then, to make it, again, the point is if you have double per 100,000 in deaths in any category, in any week, it's not the same. What they're telling you is a blatant misrepresentation. Here's a more obvious, easy one to look at. Here's Ontario. Funny enough, it says, due to technical difficulties, the case rate by vaccination status by age is not available. <laughs> oh, you mean the one that's going to look the most obvious? Yeah, weird. I wonder what happened there. Don't worry. Danny Rancourt pulled it up for us. We'll show you in a second. But as of January 7th, here's what they're still admitting. Take note that this does not align with the narrative. This is hospitalization, guys, both in ICU and just in the hospital. Look at that. At the just ICU, which is supposed to be, you know, intense, they're the ones overwhelming the hospital. Almost 50%, almost more than 50% of the of the ICU people are with injections. I mean, it's, it breaks down to 123, right? Is that 
So yeah, 123 people are in ICU that have had at least one shot. 119 are unvaccinated. There's no way you make sense of that unless you see that clearly, at the very least, it's inconsequential. But that's not what they're telling you. And then you add on all the side effects and issues that are causing because of the injection. That's not included in this, right? We're not adding on the myocarditis and the blood clots and the strokes and the heart attacks. None of that's being counted. They're just pointing directly to what they're seeing on the hospital and COVID-19. And more than half in the ICU are vaccinated. But let's pretend like it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? Here, just in hospital is even crazier. In hospital, in general, almost 75% of the people in the hospital are with COVID-19 are not, are, un, are I'm, I lost my, so more than almost 75% of the people in the hospital in general are people that are vaccinated in some form, most of them fully vaccinated. I mean, look at the number. That's that's 1,327 people in the hospital fully vaccinated, another 100 partially vaccinated, only 441 unvaccinated. But let's keep pretending, right? Because it works for the narrative, pandemic of the unvaccinated. God, it's just it's pathetic. Now, here's what Danny Rancourt points out. Very inconvenient. Ontario's official data cases by vaccination status. What it, it says, uh, oh, and he points, about, points it out for you right here. January 5th, fully vaxxed carry 83% of known cases, 83%. Unvaxed, only 14. By their logic, fully vaxxed are uh, are greater than 83% of the sources of infection. Nobody cares. It's incredible. But some good news to sort of end here. We're looking good on time in general. Quote, paramount importance. Judge orders FDA to hasten release of Pfizer docs. Now, this doesn't mean anything's going to change. This was, this was today this came out. The judge is ordering the FDA to increase the way they release these, but this is going to go back. I'm sure they're going to counter. There's going to be an appeal and whatever, but at the end of the day, it's good to see that at some level, people are pushing back against this, but what is that going to mean? You know, 2096 down to 20, I mean, it was 2075 first, then it got pushed to 2096, which is not a joke. That's going to go back to 2050 and we're going to go, yeah, we won. <laughs> no, it needs to be tomorrow. Otherwise this is not going to happen, but we'll see. It's still good news to see that's happening. I know, see, see, people give me a hard time about saying injected versus vaccinated. I, you know, I, I, it, I, it's so, I keep jumping around when I'm saying it and I feel like I'm confusing people. So I try, I'm, I'm trying to stick to injected these days just because that's what I should be saying. But I, you know how it goes. <laughs> but here's Denny Rancourt pointing out something else important. Peer-reviewed science. Fear and worry about COVID make you stupid. But the researchers admit that it may only be that stupid people tend to have more fear and worry. So it could just be that you're dumb already and you go fall into that category. But don't forget that they've been engineering that stupidity for a long time. Strong association, but causation was not established. But still interesting to point out. The impact of pandemic-related worrying on cognitive functioning and risk-taking. The point is, COVID is making Americans stupid. Study shows worrying about virus leads to people making bad choices and performing poorly on simple cognitive tests. So again, those that are actually afraid and actually worrying, the ones wearing the masks and wearing the t- testing and gloves and everything, while they pretend that we're the scared ones, they're the ones that are scared. And, and, and that's driving them to make poor choices. So says peer-reviewed science. But that, sure, they won't pretend that makes sense. So I'm, thank you, Denny, for continuing to keep this. Oh, I forgot to retweet that. For continuing to point this stuff out. Just like with the MIT study that showed the people that were questioning this were the ones that are far more rooted in the scientific evidence and the method of science. But, you know, who cares? It's all fake news, though, right? But as Gareth Ike points out, definitely not a cult, though, as they're vying for your children. 
This is not a joke, guys. And we've been showing this from the beginning. This, these are toys that are being made to get them on the side of injections and masks and vaccine passports. Yep, that's real. And this is where they're driving towards. And just like I said from the very beginning, do you think they would invest this much time and money and marketing and things that were going to go away tomorrow? Yep, remember that point that I made three weeks into this? Yep, they still sound as ever. When you saw the, the Louis Vuitton mask, they knew something you didn't. Don't forget, because it takes a lot of time and effort to market and make those products, especially for a group like that. And they knew it wasn't going away. But not a cult, though, because they're aiming it on your children, even though they're, they're least in need or at risk. But again, this was the point of showing you that you're going to have to pay or rather have a passport, a green certificate to be able to get food, to, to sustenance, to eat. That's where this is going. And here's a very alarming little breakdown as you can. I don't want to I'll play it on mute. You can just see this is supposed to be. This is the future of Walmart. Take a look to your right. And this is not a joke. This was made by Walmart. This is Walmart showing you what your future is going to be like in the metaverse. Already been pre-verified for your profile. Oh, your age has already been pre-verified. So we know you can buy that alcohol, right? No need to wait for an ID check. Just place the item in your cart whenever you're ready. Check this out. No way right here. It looks like you already have a full gallon of milk at home. Should we put this one back? It looks like you already have a gallon of milk in your fridge at home that Walmart apparently knows and can scan. Uh, should we put that back then? Oh, I guess so. Thanks, thanks, Walmart, for telling me what I have in my fridge. That sounds lovely. You get the gist of it, guys. This, this is, they're all leaning into this. Do you think this was not, like, are we going to pretend that this isn't coordinated? As I said, except they just happen to leave out the part where you get denied service if you are not in line with the government climate mandates, or of course, you know, not quote up to date with your most recent COVID installment. Hashtag the Great Reset. Yeah, that's the part they just casually leave out. And the most important part of why they're rolling this out for them. Well, a couple of last points that are discussing the way this is all going. And I will continue to say this, and I will do it at some point, have a larger show around the bigger, which is now morphing into just a kind of a technocracy discussion. The nanotechnology show kind of got picked apart and used for different points that I've made over the last so many shows, but we're still going to get there. But here's something that you might want to see. The very things that we keep discussing that should alarm you about the future that they're telling you they're building for you. This is... Coming, this is a World Economic Forum little clip showing you basically a new tool that can you can put on your body that can charge your electronics. For the podcast, it says this finger pad charges your phone or watch with your sweat, generating electricity from your body. What does it sound like? Sound familiar? Inside the pad are carbon electrodes primed with enzymes. Talk about biomechanical crossover, right? These trigger a reaction between lactate and oxygen in sweat, producing electric charge. Fingertips produce up to a thousand times more sweat than other parts of the body. During 10 hours of sleep, one fingertip produces enough to power a watch for 24 hours, right? Your body's a battery. The pad also contains a chip actively and activated by light finger pressing, which generates which generates extra electricity as you type or even play the piano, you know, or search social media or, you know, any number of things that your hands can be used for, or even 
The prototype pad was developed by University of California, San Diego. Developers say that one day the technology could power phones, smart glasses, or fitness trackers, or, you know, large mechanical military operations. Would you wear this device? Interesting, right? Well, as I said, it runs on your body's energy. You are the battery, just like the Mew chip that I've discussed. That's one thirtieth the size of a grain of salt. Dang it. I said rice because I was thinking rice because of the manipulation. It's dust. Designed in 2004. Receiver, transmitter, etc. And it also runs on your body's produced energy. I said that down here. Oops, I mistyped. I meant the 30th the size of a grain of salt. That's the most important part, of course, and I missed that. But this is this is where this is going, right? I mean, this is how this stuff operates. And this is the the newest part of this. Don't forget as they try to sell you this right this great rice-sized, ridiculous, gigantic thing, while they literally have mew chips in 2004 that were at that time an eighth the size of a grain of salt. They're now a 30th the size of a grain of salt. It's dust. It's literal dust. So this makes me concerned as they roll out the justification and rationalization for why these things are needed. The Great Reset. And then one other point in regard to how they're changing the way they want you to think about things. Marina Mazakuto on simply rethinking the state to improve partnerships, right? We're going to reimagine your entire understanding of how the government works, you know, to improve our partnerships with each other, the public-private partnerships, and how we're, you know, what that basically is saying is we're reimagining and rethinking on the government and how that's going to work. The private, the public-private partnerships are going to be the government, right? This is not something they're openly telling you they're re, oh, don't forget the great, the great narrative. That's what Derek Bros is telling you is this is what they're, this is openly discussing the narrative around what they're going to tell you and then how they drive it in. Are they going to vote on that? No. Are these people elected? No, but they're reimagining your world right now in real time. We have very problematic partnerships in parasitic ecosystems, they say. You know, all the things that independent locations around the world have decided their own that they want and so on, but they don't like them because they're going to they're change them everywhere for everybody. Look at what's happening with the COVID-19 vaccines. Oh, weird that COVID-19 is already brought up in this thing that has seemingly nothing to do with it around the Great Reset and states and how governments operate. Don't forget that the vaccine and COVID-19 are key parts of how they get that moving. Look at the vaccines, for instance. Billions have been put in by both the public and private sectors with a lot of easy early stage private money in the most high risk stage in the vaccine development for all six vaccines. And yet we then allow the ecosystem to remain its usual kind of parasitic self. So in other words, we allowed you guys to be the clumsy humans that you are. We need to stop that, right? We need to have control. We need to have public private partnerships to decide how this rolls out. Not you stupid people on the ground. It says we have to stop talking at this very waffly level and get very concrete. To do this, we need partnerships where we can test out our different relationships, just like with the vaccine again. Vaccine is the way we need to go forward, the way we're doing that. If you look at the AstraZeneca partnership and the Pfizer partnership, the AstraZeneca one was much more ambitious in terms of working with Oxford University researchers. Don't forget that they also work with each other around the behind the scenes, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and otherwise, who were public sector paid. And so they put very strong conditions on the temperatures of the vaccines, on the cost and prices of the sharing of the knowledge, differentiating one project from another and learning how to do things in this more functional, symbiotic way requires a level of granularity that must go beyond the usual siloed public-private thinking, it's again very easy to talk about public-private partnerships. It's much harder to design them so that they're good partnerships. So basically, let us, your betters, design the way we're going to operate. Read it all for yourselves. This is just the part that triggered the, you know, the vaccine, the public-private partnership discussion. This is what we've always been telling you. 
They're redesigning, rethinking everything, including the very government itself and the very outline of the states itself. It's going to be a globalist mindset, technocratic future for where they decide from a top-down controlled situation where you own nothing and you've never been happier and so on, the things that we keep seeing. And how are they going to get that going? Well, right now we know what they're using at the very least. Breaking news, a rare case of bird-to-human transmission of bird flu just happened yesterday, known as the avian influenza. It's been detected in southwest England. Uh-oh, right? Is it going to go somewhere? Is it going to be something new? Who knows? We're going to put it on the shelf in case we need it. And this is not a joke. This is a real person with a genuine question. Do we need to lock down or a vaccine to stop it spreading? That's... Do you do we need more lockdown? Is there more vaccines coming? Oh, bird flu! Oh no, that's where it is. The the very idea of some new thing. We're already lo- is it lockdown time? Should I put a mask on? These people are trained. Now, on some good news to finish off here. This I I, I forgot it they did this little free trial thing. I actually clipped it so you could see it right here. Let me just refresh it real quick. The title is "Mild Omicron Wave Will Bring Down the COVID Police State." That's the Telegraph. Of course, you have to pay to see it, which is typical for mainstream media. I got a little clip on this before it moved away. It says, highly transmissible, but less deadly variant destroys case for restrictions on freedoms. You know, is this because they're rolling back the narrative? Who knows? But it's on mainstream media, and they're basically telling you, you can pause it and read it for yourself, that this is totalitarian. And that the Omicron wave is essentially could, if they would let it, make this go away. But that's not what they're letting happen. But it says the jury's still out on this, and bottom line is those seeking to go back to this want to use this and so on. Omicron has already forced a relaxation of testing regulations and so on. It it gets a double-edged sword. But at the end of the day, the simple idea that we're openly discussing the COVID police state shows you that things have shifted a little bit in a positive way. And then finally, the World Council on Health issues an immediate cease and desist of all COVID vaccinations. Now, I doubt this is going to stop anything, but it's good to see that there are institutions, people's outlets, in, just individuals out there standing up. We all need to stand up. Did you know that safe, effective, and affordable treatments for COVID-19 exist? People are often surprised to hear this because they're not being made aware of them. And people who are ill with COVID are being told to stay at home until they are so ill that they need hospital. Yep. And this is what I keep telling you. My dad was one of them. Makes me sad. They continue to just, just go home, just take aspirin and then call us when you need to, you know, something, you know, a ventilation or so on, even though there's all sorts of other things that are ready and available shown to have an effect. This is killing people. The lockdowns, they knew would kill people. The restriction of these treatments, they knew would kill people. The masks, they knew would increase infection, right? The lockdowns themselves, they knew would increase mental problems. They knew would increase illness and death and everything else, including reduce your immune system. They know the data shows that these injections reduce your immune system, dysregulate your immune system. They know that it increases your risk of infection for the first seven days by 50%. They know it doubles your cardiac risk. They know all of this because the peer-reviewed data shows that. And yet, they're driving it forward anyway. But thank God there are people like this and others that are standing up for you. The World Council for Health is deeply concerned that governments, so-called health agencies, and other corporations, including the media, are not promoting established, safe, effective, and affordable treatments. While safe, early treatments for COVID exist, 
Scientific studies, medical expert and individual testimonies clearly show the very serious risks associated with the widely deployed experimental gene-based vaccines or injections. And people are not being told about these risks. Emerging research now shows us that these gene-based injections are neither effective nor safe. In fact, they are toxic. The known ingredients of the injections have been shown to cause biologic harm. And even more concerning are the unknown, undisclosed ingredients, which may present an even greater threat to our health. Reporting systems around the world are overflowing with reports of life-changing side effects and deaths. The World Council for Health is deeply concerned that governments, agencies and other corporations are not being honest about the extremely serious risks that these new gene-based vaccines pose to individual and collective health. The World Council for Health has issued a cease and desist declaration demanding that governments, agencies, corporations and individuals stop participating in the manufacture distribution, administration, or promotion of the COVID-19 gene-based vaccines. It is all of our collective moral and legal duty to take immediate and decisive action to halt this unprecedented medical experiment, which continues to cause immeasurable harm to friends and family, including children. Very important. Very important. This shows you that people are standing up guys i just it, it's important to see this and how clear that is now i just now i think let's see where was i on the last part so i'm pretty sure that we're going to leave it there but i wanted to play one last thing that i just sent myself why just i just saw that before i leave and i just think this is so ridiculous and it's a good place to end on after a call like that really important to see that there are people standing up for you here is something that i wanted to include that I just saw. I haven't, I haven't read this yet. Let's take a look at it. How do I know? <laughs> ABC News, of course. How do I know I have a cold, the flu, or COVID-19? <laughs> How do I know? Experts say testing is the best way. <laughs> right. As always, right? A thing so super dangerous that you need to be tested to know that you even have it. To determine what you have since symptoms of the illness can overlap. Right. So how about if it's super dangerous, you'll know you have it when you're like, I guess the argument is going to be that, you know, it starts out that way. The point is, guys, this is what you're all seeing. It's just like they're telling you, oh, you have a cold. It could be the Omicron variant. It's not dangerous. And that's their data that shows you that the vast majority of people are at less risk than the flu. I don't know why we can't keep recognizing that. And then they go, but long haul, except remember the, the truth is with the data that we continue to show that long haul information has already been shown to be psychosomatic. Anyway, I just I, I can look at this more later. It looks longer than I expected, but it's just so ridiculous, right? How do I know? Well, you know you're not at risk because of the information that we can show you, that we repeatedly discussed, the scientific research, the scientific method, everything else that we keep pointing at that has been very clearly shown. Even the mainstream media today, for crying out loud, is telling you this thing's not more dangerous, but here we are. Information is power today, guys, and it's all right there at your hands. We have it all right in front of us, and it very clearly shows that this is not what they're telling you it is. And the reason we know that is because we have questioned everything. We've continued to question what they put in front of us. 
it's just nice to see people like that from the World Council on Health speaking up and continuing to do so, like I'm doing, like you're doing, like we all need to continue to do. We need to stand up. I will not comply. I will not, what was the other term? I will not comply. I will not consent. We need to stand by this and we need to continue to push because I think we're making a difference. I really do. And I think it's pretty obvious. But a lot of important stuff there, guys, and I will continue to follow up on those reports as they go forward. I think a lot of more, a lot of people are beginning to do so. I bet you it's going to change in some near point from some new metric, or it's going to be some new thing that's added that makes it all make sense. Well, that's why those things were saying that, that we were dismissing up until now, because the new thing that we're pointing at now, even though the timings don't overlap, that's what's happened many times already. It's probably most likely that what we're seeing that gets called something new is just the continuation of what they're giving people. It's time to start questioning, guys. I think at the very least, the dissolving of the narrative in a lot of different ways should have opened people's minds to the, the, the reality that you should be questioning at the very least. Masks, myocarditis, anything we keep telling you that they keep admitting slowly while pretending we're still wrong should be enough to make you go, maybe I should start asking, is what Fauci just said true? Is what the CDC saying actually accurate? Yeah, you should be able to ask those questions because they keep turning out to be yes that he's lying or the second question <laughs> is Fauci lying. Yes. He's lying. Is they are they sending you misinformation? Yes. And we keep proving it. So thank you for helping me. And thank you for continuing to send information guys, because you're just as much a part of this as I am. I love you all as always question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Yeah. 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 Make your listen make clear See the struggles we bear Nobody don't care I'm stuck in my house hey, I'm not going to Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Took heed of my warning to remove those unsafe epitopes from the vaccines. 
research before they formulated their vaccines, in spite of being emailed. Hold a minute, don't take her away. Please, don't take her away. Don't take her away. Don't take her away. You bastard. Stand for nothing, you're far for everything. It's the message.